When's the last time you got your haircut? I got my haircut last week. Looks good. Thank you. Did you get purposely get it cut like a week before? So like, like you know, you get it cut the day of. You're like, oh fuck, it's kind of got to like come out of that cut phase. Yeah, because last time I got a haircut from this one place, they cut my hair and I looked like uh, a toadstool. I looked like a mushroom head, and so I had to <laughs> like go a penis. Yeah, exactly. So I had to go Thunderdome. So I had to go make sure they weren't going to screw it up again. I uh, do. Any of your friends have kids? Yeah. And do I they, didn't think about that. And do they bring their kids over to your house? No. Okay. Who has kids? Well, Rich has kids. Yeah. But I have like older friends. Right? Like You and Rich are still friends? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, because you're not on the team anymore. No. And like no matter, you know, breakups can be tough. Any, any kind of breakup can be tough. Always. Leaving a job, leaving a girlfriend, leaving your dog behind when you go to college. That was actually really hard. Leaving a championship team that you were on and a massive contributor two to two-time championship two team. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the kids thing. Well, well, that's a good tease for the mayhem discussion. So there's three things I want to talk to you about. L1 coach, L1 being on the seminar staff. What's it like uh, being on a championship uh, games team? There's a third subject. Austin Maliolo. I'll get to that. <laughs> I have this. Um, so I had the fight on. I had the fight the other night. I had Triple G versus Canelo on one TV, and I had uh, Luke Rockhold versus Branch on another TV. Do you know those two fights I'm talking about? One's no. UFC and one's boxing. Big fights. And a neighbor comes over and he brings his kid over, and his kid's five, I think, just turned six, just had his sixth birthday. And the kid goes, says, Hey, tells his dad, Hey, I have to go pee. And the dad says, and they're the first guests who are at the house. The other guests haven't arrived yet. And the dad says, hey, does, does, do you have a bathroom my son can use? Oh, I said, of course. He's using it many times around the corner. And his son goes around the corner, and I'm just like waiting for the dad to follow. Right? And the dad doesn't follow. And the reason why it's important for parents to follow their kids into the bathroom when you're at a guest house is because your kid's going to fucking piss all over the seat. <laughs> And just show some courtesy, like your kid's still in training. Just go in there and clean up after him. It's so simple. You know your kid pees on the seat. He does it at home, right? So they leave. The son exits the bathroom, and I go in there, and there's piss all over the floor, piss all over the seat. Not just like the seat that women sit on. He's not even trained to lift up both seats. You lift up both seats, right? There's two seats. <laughs> right. Did you always do that, lift up both seats? I don't even know there's two seats. What do you mean two seats? You know, you know what I mean. There's the lid. Like, oh, the lid. Like the lid. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. The lid. Sorry. Thank you. Well, I Thank just you. travel so much. Yeah, not airport bathrooms only have that one seat. They don't have the lid. And do you kick that up with your foot? Yeah, you don't touch that with your hand. No, but you do kick it up. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be in a fucking porta potty and I'll fucking kick that thing up. Now, if it flaps back down and it's a really Shrug. scummy bathroom, one time I get. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're we're good. But I would never go to your house and not lift up the lid and the seat. I appreciate that. I mean, but I've always done that from a young age. Have you ever not, do you remember pissing on the toilet seat ever? Were you that Maybe kid? like once in high school when I thought it was really funny. Right. Okay. And then you sit on a wet toilet seat and you know. Hey, which, bring, which brings up another question. That's a pass. You get a pass in that. <clears throat> is it better? Because sometimes you go into a public restroom and the, and the dirt bag before you is just pissed all over the Everywhere. seat. And it makes you embarrassed, right? You're like, to be a man, it's like really. So what's better, leaving it up, or 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 leaving it down? 
What do you what's mean? Put cur- it. You mean you mean you mean kick it up so all the piss that's on it dribbles down <laughs> yeah, off the like, back? Or, or no, no, no. Like, like, what's more courteous to to the next patron who may I've, be a woman? I've cleaned. Oh, I've cleaned to public bathroom toilet seats before. Oh, Me too. I, I have too. I do it on a regular basis because yes. it's disgusting. Yes. That guys are such. I won't guys. do a full on spray down. I don't have but spray. If, but if it's a couple, if it's a couple driplets, and I walk in there, droplets, I, I clean that up. I, I do a courtesy to I mean, all of humanity. A, I'm going to heaven. Do you do a bird's nest? What's that? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you, you, you hover? You create no, 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 no. a nest on oh. the toilet seat if you're going to sit down. No. Oh, really? I, I, I use oh. no ass, ass gasket. There could be piss on the toilet seat. I'll wipe it off and then just... Oh, wow. Well, the bird's nest is even different than an ass gasket. Yeah, you, create, you create your own you with toilet own, paper. It's custom, so like you, have, like you have multiple layers, so you don't... I, I probably used to do that when I was young. I still do that. I don't do that. Well, well you're still young. Seems like a lot of work. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then do you make sure the whole bird's nest goes down on the first flush? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, that's part of the design, right? Yes. So it's like sort of like it's collapsible. It has that tongue that rests yeah, yeah, in there. Got, it's, part of, it's like a domino. It's automatic. <laughs> Have you ever set up the a, bird's nest? You got it all set up and then the automatic flush yeah. <laughs> pulls that, your masterpiece away. And you're it's like, what the fuck before you even get to use it? It's devastating. I hate when automatic flushes are so aggressive that they splash back up underneath. No, that's and, and you brace good. for it every time, right? It's the worst. You brace for it every time. Sounds like you're going to get a prolapse. <laughs> I can't believe there's a word for that. Oh, shit. My notebook's closed. I have no notes. Um, when did you meet Austin in his uh, wonderful life journey, the life of Austin Maliolo? I met uh, Austin in my wonderful life journey in uh, 2010 mm. at the Northeast sectional regional what were you wearing oh geez probably slippers a cross it boston t-shirt and uh probably capris yeah capris did you have sweatbands on oh i probably had sweatbands on you mean like these kind or this what, kind? what kind of pant- no not in the head just on the arms i rock that yeah but you still wear the, the yeah the, I wear the it's actually band. practical I like to wear it when it's cold. Uh, I've never done that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's... Austin explained like every detail of what you were wearing the day you guys met. I just that's think, why I asked. I just that's because historically, Austin, as far as outfits have have come and gone, Austin catches a lot of flack because he dressed like a total dweeb. <laughs> what or, do you mean, like the the tight shit? Yeah, it's just skins. The skins. The skins. Yeah, as if Is that skins was, still around yeah. as a company? I really hope. I don't know. Were you sponsored by them? I was, yeah. Are they still around? I don't know. I'm sure they're still bebopping around. What happened to your sponsorship? It almost killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. That was, uh, I don't know if I competed a team that year or judged, but there was one workout and the, the regional was outside at that time at the Reebok campus, right? Yeah. And there was some awful, the classic long regional workout and it was a million degrees and Austin was overheating and he got stuck inside of his compression. He couldn't get his compression off. Oh my God. And he was so hot. Yeah, there's a picture of, I think, Spencer. Helping you. Helping me take the compression off because I just couldn't get it off. Scissors? Scissors? No, like ripping it off because he's such a giant compared to me. He could just like pull it off me like a... Right. Like a, like a child. Yeah, like a right. child. Right. <laughs> That's a great, it's so fun disrobing the kid like that. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. One shot. Yeah. 
you guys both um l1 team Flowmaster, Flowmaster. yeah who was a Flowmaster first uh i think i it was about the same time was that hard to take i actually had to give this is such a crap story i i i believe vividly that um i think uh nicole carroll uh, the director of uh, the you film. can't believe vividly and well it's pretty anyway. vivid in my mind <laughs> <laughs> you know, she came up to me and she just said, she was like, you know, I think that, you know, you and James are on a similar path. One of you will have to become FNU Live Flowmaster under instruction first. And I said, you give it to James, it will hurt him too much if I, if I get it first. <laughs> <laughs> you took one for the friendship. Yeah. Wow. Austin didn't take one for the friendship. He just wanted... And you gave him the wallet, the Filson wallet. Yeah, thank you for there's that. A, there's a trend. Okay. Yeah. You're Austin. not buying that story? No, not at all. Because I remember when Austin found out that I've worked more seminars than him, and it like, he was so mad. I think he accused me of cheating, fudging the numbers. He wanted to start a committee to investigate the fact that I had worked more (laughs) seminars. And so I think the reason he tells that story is, and he said to Nicole, is not out of an altruistic mindset. It was because that he didn't want to get second place. So he felt if he took it himself, he didn't have to... Oh, be served that like breaking up with your mate, knowing that they're going to break up with exactly. you. So you don't get the eviction notice. The old breakup first. True. <laughs> How many seminars have you guys worked? I actually haven't asked in a while, probably closing in on halfway through 200 closing in maybe on 300. Yeah. Wait, so wait, halfway into made... 200 is 100 or halfway through the 200. So 250. Wow. That was a weird way to say it. Okay on our way to 300 if i had to guess it's like bi-weekly is weird because it can mean twice a week or twice a month yeah okay yeah it's about the same i mean we're probably about the same you can take it some weekends off yeah but i was so far ahead I, I, since I you're both flo- <laughs> since you're both flow masters that means you guys don't work together anymore not nearly as much as we used to when we first started we worked together all the time and it was fantastic inseparable and can, can you request who to work with can you request that to david nicole I wish. I mean, I guess you could put that in like the comment section. Be like, please staff. Like, we could. We That's an unspoken thing, anyways. They know. They won't let us share a hotel room though when we do work together, and we've asked. <laughs> that came up. <laughs> Austin was. Is like, that an HR issue that they won't let you do that? I don't know what they just like, and we, you know, it's there's a lot of practical reasons why it makes sense. You know, you guys share a toothbrush. You wouldn't have to go over to his room to use a toothbrush your teeth. <laughs> yeah. A Dutch rudder. You know, it's like totally fine. Dutch rudder. Uh oh. What's that? What's a Dutch rudder? No, I don't either. A Dutch rudder is when you grab somebody else's arm. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I have been involved in a Dutch rudder or two. Or two. Yeah. You just didn't know what to call it. Did you guys see... I'm... um, I think you did see, I think I asked you this off the line. You guys did see the aromas lecture that Greg gave. Yeah. When you see that, what is your, what is your immediate reaction? For those of you who haven't seen it, the name of the uh, lecture is the world's most vexing problem. And it's 15 minutes long and and Greg's been working it. um, You know, you could say he's been working it for 20 years, but more recently it's gotten refined in the last year, I'd say. And that was a, um, that was one of the first times that we really pushed that lecture on the crossfit.com platforms i personally i just think it's always good to hear from the top down from greg how simple the solution is 
I think the simplicity of the approaches are a really, I, you know, I can't say it better. It's, it's understated how important that is. I think that's something more people need to hear. And I think the fact that it has become something that is so simple and it is stated simply consistently means that we're doing a good job. You know, um, we need less and less frills to convince everyone that meat, veggies, nuts, seeds, you know, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, do some squats and some deadlifts is extremely effective. I, what I, there was, a, there was a quote in there which I really liked. And it said, you know, if you're not you know, having a, a lower restrictive carbohydrate diet, then you're not doing CrossFit. Um, and I just, I really appreciate and, and love the, the hard line that, that needs to be drawn and no better person to be drawn from to our, our CrossFit trainers, our affiliate owners, that you need to demonstrate the program, you need to live this lifestyle, because you need to set the example from the top. And I just, and I, because like James said, it's relatively simple, but you need to do it. And it's, this is not new information. What's, what the, what's, unfortunately what's happening is that the negative of what's happening to society around the country, around the world is so highlighted now that this information that's been around for a long time. It's tragic. It's not, it's highlighted everywhere, not only in the media, but just walking out of your own house, right? It's a tragedy. We're watching a tragedy yeah. unfold right for our eyes. And it's, it's, it's you know, <clears throat> unfortunate that it takes to this point to realize that something needs to be done when, you know, we see what 70% of our, our, our deaths are due to chronic disease. And as Nikki said, in there, 86% of our health care healthcare costs are from something that's preventable. I mean, that is unfathomable. It's relatively so slow that it's happening and it's coming in so many different forms that it's hard for people to really um, believe even what he's saying. So like, you know, when the AIDS epidemic was out, we knew that, you know, and I'm making this up, that someone had six months to live before it turned into full-blown AIDS and and that it was, you got it by, you know, contracting fluids from someone, blah, blah. And it was, it was really compartmentalized. And so people could really get their head wrapped around it and we could see the tragedy. You could count the deaths and attribute them all to this um, autoimmune disease, right? With chronic disease, it's happening, although it's happening, uh, Greg describes it as a tsunami. It's like happening slower, but still happening in, you know, um, in, a, in a lifetime, obviously. Um, it's happening slower and it's manifesting as so many different diseases, right? Type 2 diabetes, heart attack, stroke, Alzheimer's. And so um, you can almost hide from the cause. Yeah. The, the, I, feel, I feel like it, the, it gets diluted. What, what I got from this, and, and maybe, go ahead, Tyson, what? No, no, no. What, what I got from this, and, and, and maybe I'm just slow to the, to the message, is when I started CrossFit, it was Forging Elite Fitness. And when I heard your story, it was bringing the very best physically that it could out of Austin Maliolo. You entered in the competition realm. But really, who CrossFit is for, it's, it's, a, it's forging elite health. It's, it's a, it's a cure-all health methodology. It's a place to like just really a one-stop shop so that you don't have to look for like we were talking about before, you don't have to look for the manual on how, or the operating system on how to run the human body. You don't have to look any further. Just take the L1, right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, and, and sorry, sorry, before you go in, 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 have you guys noticed a difference in terms of 
forging elite fitness to sort of like, Hey, the message is getting louder to like, Hey, this is really like, everyone should be doing this. I, mean, I don't think it. And I've been working on seminar staff for almost it'll be seven years this Halloween. I don't think it really hit home for me. And I started as a coach. I didn't start to compete. I started cause I just was really curious and excited about the program. But until my mom did CrossFit and it had a huge impact on her life, and until that happened, I don't think it, it fully it had impacted me as far as what does this do for people. And you see it. It's like when you're 20 years old, and I love that Greg said this recently. He says, we got all the fit people. And when you're 20 years old, you're going to be fit regardless of almost what you do. And if you're into training Unless you work and exercise. At yeah. Yeah. And if you're into training and exercise. Can I say that? Yeah. You're going to get really. Oh, there you go. Um, Her story was so great, by the way. Yeah, if you're young, you're going to be fit. But uh, I think part of the difficulty is that the human body can take a lot of shit and you can treat it really poorly for a long time, like that tsunami analogy, and it'll work pretty well and you'll, you won't know the difference. But it's like not everything has to be like that. The, you know, getting older does not mean like just hit the I quit button and just fall apart and turn to garbage. And I didn't realize that until my mom started doing CrossFit because she had hit this point and I had just turned 30 and I was like, well, this is where I get older and I watch my mom get older and she just gets old and fat and dies. And that didn't happen, you know? And, and that really changed, I think my perspective on how powerful the program is and who it is meant for. Uh, how you, how old are you? I just turned 31. So you're a little bit older than. Yeah. I turned 31 in June. Yeah. A little bit older than you. Yeah. And, uh, do you work out with your mom regularly? Uh, whenever we get to visit each other, we try and work out together. So, but not regularly, maybe like once a month or once every two months. Do you ever get people who come into the L1 who you think that this person shouldn't be here? Never. And how long have you been doing it? Seven years. And have you seen all types? Every single walk of life, young, old. What's the oldest? What's the oldest person you've seen at L1? We had a couple come through and I think they might have, I, I don't want to tell us, they might have said it was like an anniversary. I don't remember. It was like a wedding anniversary or something, but they were in their late sixties and, and, and they were worried this, and during the weekend about being the oldest ones there. And I said, you know what? This is not the first time anyone over 60 has been into a, a seminar. It's, it's really, it's not a big deal. It's made for you. Isn't it amazing when, I don't know if you guys think this way, but I always thought like you turn 50 or 60 or 70 and all your insecurities go away and you don't worry about that shit. I just thought like one day you become an adult. What a crock of shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom took hers, I think, at 70. Yeah. And, and her, her big thing um, for the longest time was, oh, I don't want to be the oldest person in the gym. Oh, people are staring at me or this, that, this. And then she ends up becoming a role model. And it finally hit her one day. Holy shit. Like I'm letting these people know it's okay at 70 because it's shocking the shit out of them when for her, it's just her life. They're staring because they're admiring. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it, that's, I mean, I feel great. I feel the best I ever have physically. I'm the oldest I've ever been. <laughs> but when I see somebody who's 60, 70 years old, you know, working out, it's like, I'm like, great, fantastic. You know, getting old is not like the, the end of the world scenario that I think it used to be when you see athletes, people who take that much control over their life with some really simple steps. Your, your, mom, it, your mom had a great uh, quote in the video. Um, where she said, now, like, I don't even know what aging means. Yeah. I don't even know what that means anymore. How old is she? I think she's 57. 
Just turned in 57. She's a coach, right? She's been to her level one and coaches, right? She coaches a little bit. Yeah, that's that's so that's cool. our next step. So you're saying you're you're oh that looks good. Um, so you're saying you look you feel the best you've ever felt in your life. Yeah. Why leave a championship team uh-huh. when you're feeling the best you've ever felt? That makes no sense to me. Um, I mean, it just it's not just about physicality. I've been very lucky with the competition side of CrossFit. And for me, it was turning into the competing side was turning into work. And I never started it for it to be work. Or I'm fortunate enough where that's not where my income comes from. And I had was at this point in my life where there were a lot of other opportunities and I didn't feel like I was gonna increase those opportunities by competing again. And I wanted to try <laughs> different things. So like what opportunities, what came up? So let me paint the picture for people who don't know. You live in Cookville. Yep. You train with um, the the fittest guy in the world ever. Um, you have an amazing facility, um, and you've been on the team two years in a row, and you've and you've won, and and, and kind of some, uh, not just won. I mean, no one expected you guys to win that first year. Kind of some miracle some miracle shit, some amazing stuff. And then let me flash forward before we answer the question. The third year you leave the team and they don't win. Do you like that? That they didn't win? Does that make you feel good inside? Like, Hey, I was the, Oh no, no, I, be I want, no, I'll be a hundred percent. I'll be a hundred percent. It's like honest. cake without sugar. You yeah. know, if someone's like, Oh, we put in banana. You're like, Ugh. no, you, you always get that. Like you get that feeling like you're missing out on that success. But you know, of course I wanted mayhem to win. You know, and the reason being, it's like I had put a lot of, <laughs> I'd put a lot of freaking time into that team and those people, and they had put a lot of time into me. So you want to see them have that that reward and that victory? No, I wanted Mayhem to win last year, and um, I don't doubt that they'll win again. So, are they are they going back with the same team? I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I know they're going to have um, some new a new girl on their team. But uh, from what I've talked to Rich, I know he wants to win again. What? What? Tell me about your departure. What it's like? Is it like you wake up one morning and you're like, "Hey, I don't want to be on the team," or do you start chatting with them about it slowly, and then they finally, and that you start to become suspect, or how does it? Um, how does it? I mean, I think for me at the time when I started to realize that I wasn't going to do it another year after the second year, um, had you won the second time yet? No, we hadn't won yet okay. before I started thinking about it. <clears throat> and I had started to talk about it with some of the people on the team. I think honestly, it was the hard, and I always would, would always joke. It was like everybody on the team, the only two people who don't get along on the team sometimes are me and Rich. And I just think that's like, when you have such a close relationship with somebody, that's the way things work. And I just, it was the hardest for the two of us to deal with that. And it's like, I don't think I always dealt with explaining it well and like what I wanted and how, you know, like where I wanted to progress next and why I was doing it. Cause it, you do. I mean, you train together all day and I don't care if it's CrossFit or work. When you work that closely with somebody all the time, you develop a close relationship. And that's something I'm sure that's easy to take personally, you know, like, so just walking away from it. Yeah. Wait, go back away. a second. When yeah. you were on the team, you weren't getting along with them. No, we would get along, but I would just always joke. It's like, kind of like that. I don't know, like that brotherly love thing, you know, like that, you know, because you're close with somebody, it's like, you're the only two who like bicker every once in a while or like get hurt feelings about right. stuff. Who is the other, the third guy was Hewitt? Matt Hewitt, Matt yeah. Hewitt. And was he just, was he just a silent workhorse? 
Matt is like an, an unsung hero of, uh, of competitive CrossFit. He, he, that's a really good way to describe him. Silent workhorse. You know, he was one of those guys where it was like, you would tell Matt he had to do something. He'd be like, really, we have to do that. Yeah, Matt. He'd say, okay, we'll do that. And you know, he's really fantastic competitor, super fit athlete and diligent works on his own weaknesses, but just there when you need him, the whole team was like that. They're really, they're really great. Give me an example. Give me an example where there would be friction. Like in something as simple as like what the what workout you were going to do, or even do? like potential per, for friction. You know, we always joke that one of the things you see at the games is like the teams. You know, at the end of the day, we're just working out, and teams are out there having meltdowns because somebody can't. You know, Sally can't get below parallel in air squat, and everybody's you know, Sally get fucking below parallel, just stay calm. You know, and they're screaming at each other. <laughs> the judges for the games have the best stories of this, but there was an event in 2015 where uh, you had to some barbell work, but then you had to climb these ropes and one of the ropes is a really fat rope. And then you had to finish with some tire jump overs and flips. But anyway, it was myself and Matt and then our third girl, Lauren. And there was a lot of concern about whether or not Lauren could climb the rope. And we were pretty far behind at this point and we were really struggling on the rope. And then a lot of teams started to struggle and Lauren would climb up about halfway and couldn't make it. And there was this moment where, you know, I was just, I was sitting down on the resting pad, the big pad, safety pad under the rope. And um, Lauren's ta- or Matt's talking to Lauren. He's, he's just telling her, you know, just, just relax. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Is and she I'm, coming unhinged? Is she crying? She, she's getting nervous. You know, she doesn't want to let anybody down. And you're, I'm looking around and I'm seeing teams just dismantling, falling apart, screaming at each other. And then I look over at Matt and Matt's massaging Lauren's forearms. And I'm sitting and I realize it's like, we're at the, we're at the fucking CrossFit games. We're in the middle of an event. We didn't show up to lose. I'm basically sitting down, taking a full rest. People are cheering everywhere. And my teammates massage my other, te- you know, my other teammates' arms. And in my head, I'm like, if this doesn't work, nothing is going to work. And, you know, it was like we stayed calm. And then there was Matt doing whatever he literally could to help out his teammate. And we got through the rope climbs. And I think we didn't win that event. But it was one of those moments where you're like, pot good teamwork is more than just that one task accomplishment. Right. right. And um, I don't think we would have got through that weekend without that mentality and without people on the team doing things like that. And I think, you know, I've always said like we were physically fit, but I always thought that's why we were really successful was because like everyone on the team kind of had a good mindset, but mindset of when do I need to step up, but also when do I need to sit, sit down? Was, was there, was there, we'll get back to the uh, rich, friction question in a second i don't want you to think that i forgot that but um when you guys won that first year and um uh i think it was crossfit norcal Mm. was doing so well and then they had that injury for miranda was there some did the victory not feel as full did it um that first year did did you did was there any party that was like hey man maybe we didn't deserve to win hey maybe we weren't gonna win and so the second year it was like it was almost like no that much more important no, no. the first year it, it felt very full and it we had a terrible start i think it's like day one we finished in 22nd and then we were like all right so the goal for the weekend is to get in the top 15 did that all right the goal for tomorrow is to get in the top 10 did that all right let's just try and get on the podium and then in the last event when we had those worm cleaning jerks rich tapped me on the shoulder turned around and he said something like hey we can win right now and i was like all right, we're going to, we're going to try and win. 
No, I, the the wind felt very very full in 2015. It was unfortunate what happened when injuries happened, but that's a part of competition. You know, you don't see somebody handing back the Super Bowl trophy because the other team's star player got injured. That's a really cool memory you have, by the way. The yeah, we can win this. It was something yeah really simple, and I don't think everyone on our team knew. But you know, we looked up at the leaderboard, and we were if we won or depending on which team we beat, it was CrossFit Milford to the right of us. Yeah, and Rich said, "Hey, we can win right now," and I was it was a pretty cool moment. He looked cool. as excited when he won that team competition as I've ever seen him. Yeah. I, I thought that maybe it wouldn't fulfill that winning victory, but boy, was he freaking excited when they won, when you guys won. Yeah, that was, I was, that was the happy, yeah, I think I said that to somebody too. That was the happiest I ever saw Rich when he won an event. I mean, he shoved one of our athletes. I think it like knocked her over. <laughs> yeah, he was so jacked oh, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was cool. So, so you're training there day in and day out. You have two, um, you know, uh, I think most people see you as sort of a benign, docile character, but obviously you're not. You're obviously have an alpha male in you. You're a flow master, you're a leader. And you go out to Cookville and it's all hunky-dory. And then there starts to become a little bit of like, oh, this is going to be, we're going to have to work on making this work because there's two, two lions in the den. Yeah, I, I think Rich and I worked really well together as because as far as like him being, you know, like ultimate leadership on the team. And I think I was pretty good at like handling little personnel issues or things when they would pop up or com- helping communicate when things would communicate well. I think the hardest thing, not I think, I know the hardest thing for the both of us was the fact that like when you go down there and you commit those two years and then all of a sudden you just say, hey, I'm not going to do this next year. It probably feels like, well, what do you mean you're not going to do this next year? Like you're abandoning the team. You're abandoning us. Right. Okay. And I think when it started to come up that I might not compete there next year, it's like, it just kind of like hung a low cloud over the group and, and it doesn't distract you a hundred percent from competition, but it is a bummer because. Oh, this story is a happy ending. So it's not that there was friction and you left. It's that there was, a departure ensuing and yeah. it just didn't it, it made didn't, i mean like, like you that, joked earlier that, any any breakup is like really really hard right but i you know it's like i i can't overstate this when people look at games athletes you know what's the secret it's that you work as hard as you possibly can for a year to try to win it, and it, it's like it was a nine to five job and you want people on a team who are that committed and they are few and far between right you know otherwise there would be so many met, so many more better teams. Right. And um, it's really shitty when someone's just like, they're going to up and leave for whatever the reason. Is your games career over? Or do you think you'll go back to the games on as an individual or a team? <laughs> I don't know. Taking last year, stepping back from it last year was the right thing to do. I don't have any regrets commentating. I love seeing that side of the competition. But I think it gave me time to digest and realize that Physically, I still have more left. The open definitely made me feel that way. And I think mentally and emotionally, I have more time to commit to competing. My girlfriend jokes, she said, you've been to the games eight years. You, you might as well do 10. And then you can be done with it. She said, eight's a weird number. How is um, how, how was your performance in the open? I finished top 35 in the world, which was my best open finish to date. And, wow. then, you, and then you didn't go to the regionals. Yeah. Did you qualify for the regionals? Yeah. Yeah, top oh. 35. That's inc- I didn't I think I finished, finished that high. I think That's... I finished, I was like, yeah, 33 or something like that. I finished wow. fifth in our regional, fourth in our, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, 
Do, what are the numbers? What are the correct numbers? What he are the stats? He probably has it written down and like. His... Yeah, he beat me by two by like a spot and a half or something like that. Wow! In the the northeast. In the northeast. Yeah. In the world, though. Uh, probably like by ten spots. You guys, you, guys, <laughs> you guys probably didn't talk about that much, did you? No, I actually. You started to beat me because I was crushing in the beginning. Yeah. So you qualified for the regional, but didn't go to the regional. Didn't go on as a team bowed out and stuck a microphone in your mouth and you commentated what at the games what what events uh all the team events okay oh yeah. and at sense. regionals both male female and team events at the how, south and atlantic is it going to be a when you when you join a team um how will will you before you announce it or before you make it public will you call rich and let him know or let the mayhem guys know like hey guys just you know i'm gonna get on a team or um, just as I mean, like a courtesy, I like calling in, your ex girlfriend and being like, "Hey, just so you know." I'm... I feel like some of us stay in pretty close touch, um, <laughs> and it's not, like if I did go back on a team, it's not. It's not like it would be like <laughs> I don't think they do. As I said that, I'm like, no one fucking does that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it would be a big surprise if I did go to a compete with any team. I don't think it would be like a real big brain buster of where I would end up competing. So, well, where do you live? I live in Boston right now. Is that where you live too? Yes. <laughs> Do you guys train a lot together? A good amount. Yeah. Twice, twice a week? Yeah. Do you know any strong girls? Yep. But it's a long awkward. season. It's a long season. That's a long <laughs> way out. And um, we'll see. <laughs> Tell me about the team series. How, how, how do you get, how, we're at CrossFit HQ right now. You're here not to do the podcast, but to uh, compete in the team first team series event. And you guys don't know what the workouts are. I think Dave did announce the first one. Okay, and what is it? Nine, fifteen, twenty-one. Synchro thrusters, synchro burpees. Wait. I think it's ninety-five pounds. If at all, it was announced yet. They didn't announce weight. But, but you know, you guys have inside information. Oh, it's it's on. Dave. Yeah. Oh, when did this go up? Today. Okay. Right after we had lunch. Yeah. It did it? Yeah. I thought you guys got to announce the workouts. Okay. okay. He only announces one. Did you ever work at Reebok, uh, James? I you did. did. You did. Have you ever worn the, um, any competing shoes? You guys, you guys, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> any no competing shoes. Um, I wore Innovates before Reebok, uh, before the partnership started. And have you worn the other ones? No. The ones with the swoosh on them? No, I've never worn any Nikes. <laughs> If you've never worn the Nikes, how can we know for sure that the Reebok are the best shoes? Don't you have to try? I guess you don't try the neighbor's wife. Yeah. And, yep. That's a really <laughs> nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I mean, what, what is your favorite shoe? My favorite shoe is the Speed TR. Better than the Nano 2. Oh, I thought you meant currently. I did love the Nano 2. Austin says you got a um, robust, you have a strong ankle. Yeah. I got some thick ankles. Sturdy. Sturdy ankle. Yeah. And uh, no bird bone. A Austin has avian bone syndrome. You know, I think I'm pretty well defined. Look at that thing. <laughs> My wrist is thicker than your ankle. Um, you did a motorcycle ride with Dave in 2000. 
two years ago? Three years 14? ago? 14. Was that 2014? 15? I think it was. Wow. It's been a minute. Damn. That was so much fun. I just did a motorcycle oh, ride with him. I wouldn't say it was fun. I wouldn't say it was fun. He drives really, really fast. Dave stays on a tight schedule. Yeah. And yeah, right, right, right. That's even, yeah, that's poignant. You're right. So it's not only is he driving too fast, but the stops are too short. Oh, yeah. The gassing up. The... I never went to the bathroom without my helmet on. Exactly. You're not joking. <laughs> and I would sit on a right. toilet with pee because you didn't have time to clean it up. Right, right. <laughs> and you think that's fun? You thought that was fun? All in all, by the end of it, if I looked at like the negatives and the positives, positive came out on top. I described it. Someone said, hey, how was the motorcycle ride? I said, like going to the dentist. Like you're really, really happy when it's over. Like you feel like you accomplished something. Yeah. That was a, that was an amazing trip. Yeah, that was a great trip. It was fun. You, you had little to no motorcycle experience, and he took you on a 2,500-mile trip doing over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, there was this one night where Bridges and I fell behind the pack, and were, I think it was in um, New Mexico, and we were trying to catch up, weaving in and out of semis no that was i think that was you and i or was that both i think bridges was there too though because he? he was always i know what you're not you're talking about yeah he, he just took off maybe it was me and you <laughs> well, maybe it was me and tyson but i remember it was like i was i'd never driven that fast on a motorcycle for that prolonged of a time ever in my entire life we had it like pinned at like 110 for like 15 20 minutes before we saw taillights on loner bikes Where? triumphs L loner bikes yeah. no 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 fairing no fairing the had, tiniest I, little I, windshield. I was hooked up i was on a tiger 800 had a wind i had heated grips and a windshield this poor guy was on a thruston i don't know how you did just it. took it it was like a 20 it was like a 20 minute <laughs> That's why stretch. you guys are friends <laughs> it was like a 20 minute stretch just pinned yeah tell me what were you thinking when one of the filmmakers who was documenting the trip was flying a drone and you were on the phone with your girlfriend, I think, yeah. and you started throwing rocks at the drone. What was going through your brain? What made you think that it was okay to throw rocks at one of the media media team's um, drones? Seemed like a reasonable thing to do at the time. <laughs> I, uh, I thought, well, I thought it would look cool on the camera if it, like a rock would come at it but not quite hit it. But you're an elite athlete. And then... Listen, I switched to left hand. Oh, what was the point of that? I don't know, because I want to see, because I did it, did it right-handed, and I want to see if I could also accomplish it left-handed. Are you ambidextrous? No. Okay. But it's good to practice. Right, right. What's that did, called? The rudder? The Dutch rudder. <laughs> the <laughs> Dutch rudder? Yes, very well. Well, I didn't use Austin's arm to throw the rock. <laughs> okay, right. I used right, my own right. arm. I just wanted to say Dutch rudder again. <laughs> but it didn't work. I don't know. It was a bad idea. You make some stupid mistake. In the grand scheme of things, though, it turned out okay. I thought those drones were a lot more expensive than they were. And then when I found out... <laughs> some of them are. Yeah, they are. That one was only that like... Was... They were like, oh, it's like a grand or two. And I was like, okay, thank God. I thought I had just broke like a $15,000 drone. Um, you, you were fighting with your girlfriend most of the trip? No. That's, I have multiple sources that say that you... Anytime the bikes came to a stop, you would get on the phone and fight with your girlfriend. That's not, that's not true? No, that's not true. I can't reveal that, but multiple. multiple. I would like to know those sources. Multiple sources. Well, who was on the trip? I could probably guess a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and that it was the angst from the fighting with your girlfriend while you were on the phone that caused you to throw the rock at the drone. No, nah, I would have thrown a bigger rock. Had you been fighting. Had I been fighting. Right. Um, you went to law school. Yeah. You passed the bar. No, I didn't take the bar. 
is that in the future? That's something I would like to do. It's not a pressing topic. Yeah. Are you aware of the pants and the relationship kind of guy? Are, do you wear the pants in your relationship? Which relationship? With my girlfriend or Austin? <laughs> <laughs> With Austin. Yeah. You do? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how about how about with your um with your girlfriend? That, <laughs> that doesn't look like you wear the pants. Oh, look at that! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I wish we had that one where we were stretching. <laughs> the you. caption's great. The hardest part about this crossfit is explaining things like this to your parents. Yeah. Uh, if you can't cool. let your friends stretch you into a full split while staring you in the eye, they're not your friends. That's a prison official prison workout. He should be. Tr he's trying to close his legs. <laughs> Did you and pick you're this trying up to... at, at that at your your place in Utah, yeah, Southern Utah? I picked that up at boarding school. Yeah. How about how about how about in the relationship with your girlfriend? Are you are you a uh, are you the like? Do you decide what the coffee table? Do you guys live together? Yeah, we do. You we decide just... the internet provider. You decide what the, what the you know the. The coffee coffee table is going to be hardwood or glass. No, that's that's her. That is the her. Hard, like the the inner the utility stuff I handle, but she's really into decorating things. And I, if it wasn't for her, I would probably still be sleeping on a milk crate. And when you go to the movies, who decides the movie? We both have similar tastes in movies, so it's that's pretty easy. Okay, as long as it's lux level, none of this like normal. You can't order meals. You know what that is? Movies. No, it's like you go to a like it's like an Thank upgrade. You. To the normal movies and you sit in like a big recliner and you can oh, order dinner and order drinks yeah. that's yeah. where you go what what was the context of that that you just said that something about that's the only thing we that's what we agree on like we both that's how you do it, it needs to be fancy movies. you're yeah. not going to the ghetto theater no well i think that was the question i was working up to you nailed it yeah thank you thank you until next time i hope there is a next time i think there will be all right